You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. You've now tuned in to the Drawing Board Podcast, a powerful, thought-provoking discussion where we talk about family, relationships, ministry, community, and career. Let's see what exciting guests we have on our show today. Again, this is your host, Andre Ebron of the Drawing Board Podcast. And again, we talk about family, relationships, ministry, community, and career. I haven't really talked to you all about, like, where did the podcast come from? Where did the idea of the drawing board, uh, where, what was the impetus for even the title for the book? And so I'll take some time just to kind of share with you all about counting the cost and why I felt the need to talk about the drawing board. You'll hear people talk about uh, the drawing board in reference to going back to the drawing board. Something wasn't working, so I had to go back to the drawing board. And I feel like the drawing board is that space, that creative space in your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, where you're tapping into some different, for me, different different spiritual revelations of what I read each day out of my daily devotional or what I'm hearing at church. You all saw last week, I was super excited to have my pastor on. I think I was just talking and, and I just continued to talk because in that moment, I, I wanted to get so much of and share with you all the impact that my pastor had on my life. So, uh, whether I'm in church and I'm inspired and something is revealed to me at that moment, or if I'm going down the street and I see some billboard or I'm reading uh, some uh, some type of media that it inspires me, I keep that as a note so I can go back to my drawing board. And the first thing that I figure out is how does this fit in my overall agenda for my life? How does it fit in my, my long-term goals, my short-term goals? Uh, you'll hear about it tonight, some of my SMART goals. How, what is it that I need to do in order to actualize my potential? I've always been one. I, I never really sat and waited for someone else to affirm uh, what I believe what was on the inside of me. I just happened to be in environments that were it was rich with that type of motivation. And my mom was always there to encourage me. Uh, my wife and my children, they encouraged me. My pastors encouraged me. My mentors encouraged me. So I, I was thankful to God that I had that kind of support. But I want to say to you that even after all of that encouragement, motivation and inspiration, uh, I say it like this. You have to get down to the granularity of actually making something happen. You have to get your hands in there and create. So tonight I want to talk to you about counting the cost. When I wrote the book, The Drawing Board, uh, there were many nights where I was sitting up with my I write it out first. So you'll see now I'm working on my second book called The Journey Matters. And some people can sit at the computer and just type and they're typing it out. But for me, there's something kind of um, therapeutic about actually writing it out in pen or pencil first and then uh, typing it up. It allows me to rehearse and go over my thoughts to make sure that I had clarity when I was expressing myself because I like to free write first and don't question what it is that I'm putting down. I like to free write in such a way that it it allows me to just get it all out and then I'll sort out everything later. So if you're planning on writing a book, don't be critical of your thoughts. I know you're like, once I put this book out here, it's going to be out here for the for the world to read. But here's the thing. Uh, you have to take value and appreciate your thoughts. I heard Bishop T.D. Jakes say it like this. He said, when my mom took time to listen to me, 
she affirmed to me that my voice had value. So you need to make sure that you acknowledge your own value, that intrinsic value that motivates you or that pushes you to action in what it is that you believe that you're called to do. So I wrote the book. It's based upon some of the experiences in my life. And if some of you all have read it, uh, some of the chapters I hear are kind of cliffhanger. That is some of the feedback that I received. But believe me, when I tell you there's more, there's definitely more. Uh, one of the things that we have to do uh, in writing some of our personal narratives is we have to be able to articulate the truth responsibly. Uh, there are other people that are involved uh, in your life story and some of the things that you may be transparent about as it relates to how you ventured through some trials or some tribulation or opposition. You have to be sensitive to the fact that not everybody is in a place of healing or in a place of really wanting their truth to be exposed. And it may not be anything negative, but please make sure when you're writing your personal narrative, and I know you may feel like it's my life, I can say what I want to say, it was my experience, I can include people in it. But I think that when you tell the truth and articulate the truth responsibly, uh, where there is maybe some wounds, that it ends up being a salve that that heals them because you covered them in the in the midst of whatever was going on. So uh, counting the cost, the scripture reference that I used was Luke chapter nine, verse 57 through 62. And I used the New Living Translation and it reads as follows. It says, as they were walking along, someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. But Jesus replied, foxes have dens to live in and birds have nests. But the son of man has no place even to lay his head. He said to another person, come, follow me. The man agreed. But he said, Lord, first, let me return home to bury my father. But Jesus told him, let the spirit. This is the New Living Translation. Let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. Your duty is to go and preach about the kingdom of God. Another said, yes, Lord, I will follow you. But let me first say goodbye to my family. But Jesus told him, anyone who puts in, this is our focus, anyone who puts his hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. One thing that my pastor teaches is that when it comes to making resolutions for the new year, uh, you have to go beyond of setting these lofty goals of I am resolved to do X, Y, and Z. And you have to move to a concrete place of making a decision. Uh, anyone who knows me knows that I thoroughly enjoy uh, drinking Pepsi. And uh, my engineer can definitely say that she's seen me come in here almost every show with a, a Pepsi in hand. But I decided for 2019 that, you know what? Uh, I'm going to shed this. It's still baby fat, guys. That's what it is. I got a little little baby fat at 36. Uh, I'm going to shed these pounds and, and get myself healthy. And I'm going to put down the soda or as much as I was drinking it and start drinking some water. No, I'm not advocating for any type of water, but you need to drink more water. And so I had to count the cost of what is the expense. And why did I why did I mention that to you? Um, well, over my life and part of the drawing board, I talked to you about uh, my mother's illness with MS. And I recently uh, my father in law, you all, please keep him in your prayers. Uh, for those of you who might be struggling with type two diabetes, uh, what I would encourage you and I know it takes a discipline and I know it, it takes you making a decision. And I know that it's challenging at times because you've been 
uh, traditionally in the routine of living your life a certain way, consuming certain foods. And that's why tonight uh, in the second show, I'm going to have Lisa A. Smith that's going to teach us how to live a plant based life or really teach us how to get planted. Uh, but you have to change those things. Um, I, I know what it is to be a caregiver for someone who is sick. But some of these things are within our wheelhouse and our our decision making power to change. And I dare to say it this way, and I don't mean to be critical, but you owe it to your family to stay healthy so that what was a blessing, you as a blessing in your in their life, don't become an unnecessary burden. I'm not saying that your people are not in a position where they want to take care of you in case you get sick. And I'm not talking about those things that come upon us suddenly and we had no power to uh, control those things. But I'm talking about if you're eating uh, excessive pork and excessive beef and all of these things that tend to dis- dis-ease, uh, you need to change that because it is unfair to your children as well as your loved ones to willingly put yourself in a position to be unhealthy. And so that's why tonight you see me, I'm, I'm taking the challenge and making sure that I'm doing what I need to do to keep my body together and making sure that I I started working out again this week. Now, you're talking about, you know, an all-class athlete here. Let me go ahead, toot, toot, beat the horn. Uh, Ran track uh, through middle school, high school, and I was a pretty decent athlete at track, played basketball, and I was active and involved. I ran track through college, and, uh, you know, you get older and you get families and you get routines and All of these things and working out may not be a part of that routine. And you have a million reasons why working out is not a part of that routine. But you have to count the cost. Uh, One of my brothers who he used to be um, a, a principal at Voyager Preparatory Academy. He and I were talking because he's a pretty fit guy. And, you know, we're trying to figure out how he got it into his schedule. And he shared it with me this way. He said, Andre, if you don't take the time to work out now, I guarantee you'll spend that much time or more in the doctor's office. And I had to concur and agree. That makes total sense. And of course, I know you're going to the exception in your mind of uh, of Uncle June, who never had a health problem in his life and he ate pork all of his life. I know you're going to those exceptions. And Uncle June is probably now about 85 years old or or 75 years old. And trust me when I tell you, Food has definitely changed over the years. So uh, they had gardens then. Let me tell you, I grew up in Indiana. We had a garden every single year. I think that's why I don't garden now. I mean, I don't even like to cut my grass. I mean, I, I do it, but you could imagine year after year getting out there, first turning over the soil with my shovel and, and then uh, taking my teal and tilling the ground and then creating the rows and then uh, casting the seed and then going out each day to ensure that it was watered every single day in the morning when I got home. You know, if you take the dog outside, make sure you check. Yeah, this was my existence in Indiana. We 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 had a garden every year. Uh, we enjoyed the fruits of that garden. But, you know, just like I know, everybody wants the fruit of labor, but they don't want to work in labor. So the scriptural principle says that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So let me just tell you, I'm not laboring in that (laughs) in a natural garden anymore, but I am encouraging you here and I'm tilling your soil with this word to say it is time for you to count the cost. I tell you like this. I said, 
Whom have you given permission to influence your life? Who has access to your mind? Whose opinion do you value? Uh, are you committed? That is the currency of all relationships. I tell you, it is respect and commitment. If those two elements are not within your relationships, I can tell you that it's not on a sure foundation. If you don't find yourself being respected, if you don't find yourself being committed, then there's no reason to even invest any time into that particular relationship. This is not rocket science. This is not something that takes a lot. I think we view a lot of things from the potential of what could be. And that's awesome. I'm a potential person as well. The raw, the, the raw goods of what potential has to offer is very awesome. But I encourage you to also look at what you're currently working with. I could not go out here. And if you live in Detroit, you know, Gratiot exit 219 off of 94 has been shut for a long time. I could have not approached that project project with just a shovel and a pick. I needed heavy utility. I needed to make sure that I had that, you know, I would have needed all of these different cranes and operating machines in order to construct and build the vision of what they saw. So I'm asking you now, do you have the proper materials? Have you uh, procured everything that's necessary to build your vision? You said, that's good. I know. Write it down. Hashtag share it. Tag a friend. Because I know that you're thinking I have what it takes and you do. I know you're thinking that you need to acquire all of these resources, finances, the right relationships and some of those things you need to do. But you need to inventory what you already currently have and begin there. Don't try to build something huge in the beginning. Uh, scripture tells us that those who are faithful in the little, he'll make us the ruler over much. So you have to be faithful with what you have. And then you have to decide to go ahead and let that faithfulness take you to certain levels. But you must be excellent on your level. I always wonder this because I see it happening everywhere. I see uh, new mentors and mentoring programs popping up every single day. I see, you know, people launching out um, to lead organizations every single day. And I'll just share with you something that I do on for myself personally, uh, whether it's in ministry, whether it's a community leader, whether I'm encountering and meeting a family, you know, and my wife and I are determining, you know, if we're going to uh, connect to this family and spend, you know, time with that family, husband and wife, uh, or, if, you know, our kids. I want to know this main question. Who are you submitted to? Like, if you're in ministry and you are opening up uh, a church, or if you're in ministry and you have a title, or if you're in ministry, I always inquire, like, okay, well, who did you sit under? Or, and what I'm looking at is, where have you been taught? What type of meat have you been been eating? What sacrifices have you had to make in order to serve or fulfill your calling? Because you know, just like I know, uh, that mentorship is all about a relationship. I know that leadership is all about having a vision and being able to surround yourself with people who have the technical capacity to make that thing come to pass. I know that when you talk about leading a family, 
for the for the men who are leading families. It's about you being the priest, provider and protector of your family. And I have to make sure that our interests align because I'm giving you permission to influence what I think, what I feel and what I see. Uh, When it comes to connecting professionally, I just have to make sure that our interest and our our integrity, make sure our integrity is aligned. So we have to count the cost of these things. And this is just I brought that point in because some people are entering into these relationships unadvisedly and you get heartbroken or uh, the partner runs off with the money. But you are thinking about these things from a vantage point of what the end might be, but you're not counting the cost of what it's going to take to start. In counting the cost, I also talk about leadership. And leadership has been defined by many as influence. Uh, The passage in Luke 9 contrasts voluntary leadership and the calling of leadership. Uh, I can remember being a young man and seeing my my goddad, uh, Apostle Oscar J. Dowdell Underwood Jr. of Cathedral of Praise International. If you're in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and you're looking for a pastor who has prophetic insight, who has integrity, who preaches the word of God and has the fivefold ministry of the apostle, the prophet, the teacher, uh, the preacher, and the evangelist, uh, you need to go to Cathedral of Praise International uh, and get that good word. He's also uh, the founder of Cornerstone Christian College Preparatory School, of which I am a proud alum. Uh, I think about his leadership, and uh, his leadership was one of transparency. Uh, He would sit the young men down, and he would sit— all of the the students down and just would talk. So it would be one of those things where we built relationship. So his level of influence over our lives was great because he first had a vested, vested interest on who we were and who God had called us to be. And then he lived his life like a drink offering. And he's still he's living his life as a drink offering poured out. And if you know anything about a drink offering in the Bible, it is the offering that is poured out on top of the additional offering. So he gave and he he gives and he continues to give. And uh, this is the thing that you have to do. Uh, he counted the cost. And this is a good place for me to wrap this. I'll give you this tangible example. In Fort Wayne, Indiana, there were um, there weren't enough opportunities or at that time there was no opportunity that existed Uh, that provided a culturally relevant pedagogy to unearth the potential of all of the African-American or brown and black students in that area. And he was uh, teacher of the year in Indiana several years. And he decided, as God called him, to open up Cornerstone Christian College Preparatory School. Some people think because it was a private school that it drew out you know, the affluent and that it drew out only those that could afford to pay for a private education. But I I stand and I submit to you that there are a lot of students and my the alumni out there and some of the students that are even attending now who were on scholarships and other people had invested. There were other people who uh, came and they did have the means in order to pay for it. But I will share with you this. We had students who had, you know, a coursework. Uh, doing very well in their other schools, and they came and continued that trend of excellence. But we also had students that had been kicked out of every school district, and their home life wasn't, uh, you know, conducive to who they have become. 
They all of the statistics had mounted up against them. Single parent, female dominated household. They had been in and out of uh, juvenile detention facilities. Uh, they had had different run ins in their life. But God took uh, those who were wounded, weary and without. And he built an exceeding great army. If you're from Cathedral of Praise, you know, that's that Davidic anointing. That's what David did. He built an exceeding great army out of people who were wounded, weary, without and lame. And then um, that Davidic anointing, it accelerated into an apostolic anointing and all of these different exposures. And I'm sharing with you this uh, from that day to this one. Dr. Underwood has kept his hand to the plow and my life is what it is today because he is one of what I call my big three. I have my mother. I have Dr. Underwood and I have Dr. Dixon. Those are my main three influencers. And of course, I could not leave out uh, my beautiful wife. I just had to sneak that in her. She came across my mind when I was talking about my influencer. Please excuse me. Let me get myself together. No joking. But uh, when I'm thinking about how today, when I go back and I see alum who are like Darren Parrish, who have recently released uh, his single dominion. When I see uh, Jami Franklin, who is, you know, internationally teaching, when I see, uh, Rana Franklin and she's traveling all over the world. When I see, um, let me think when I see Aaron Boone and she's doing what she's doing in Fort Wayne and just naming a couple of people. When I see Darshan Tharp, who's traveling internationally and he's been traveling internationally, I think since we were like in high school, but he's an international businessman. When I see, um, Contrell White, who has his own business. When I see Juan Williams, who has his own business and his own nonprofit. When I see, I'm trying to think of some some more people. Howard Martin, who's doing his thing in Fort Wayne. Uh, when I think about uh, my cousin Chantel, who also was an alum of uh, of Cornerstone, who's just doing awesome and great things and leading productive lives. I share with this, and I, I end with this. Your future is definitely not behind you. It is not before you. It is within you. But in order to get from A to B, you must count the cost. Go to the drawing board. Think critically about what your next moves happen to be. And as I close out, here are three books I want you to get. I want you to get Kingdom Perseverance by Patrice S. Jackson. I'm Johnson. I'm sorry. Patrice S. Johnson. I want you to also get 60 Seconds Inspirational Minute by Carol E. Dixon. I want you to get The Drawing Board, of course, by me. And now I'm thinking of other books that you need to get. Activate by Jesse Cole. You need to get uh, Flip the Switch by Antoine Jackson. These are some books that I endorse. And as I close out, I am Andre Ebron, the host of The Drawing Board Podcast, where we talk about family, relationships, ministry, community, and career. Count the costs. And God bless you. You've now tuned in to the Drawing Board Podcast, a powerful, thought-provoking discussion where we talk about family, relationships, ministry, community, and career. Let's see what exciting guests we have on our show today. Hello, 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 hello. This is Andre Ebron, the host of the Drawing Board Podcast, 
where we talk about family, relationship, ministry, community, and career. And you won't believe who I have on the show today. I mean, we go back like way back, back in the time. But I have on the show today, Miss Lisa A. Smith. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Thank you for having me, Andre. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so before I go into explaining how beautiful and how awesome and intelligent and all of these great things you have accomplished, I want the people to understand that Lisa and I, years ago, we used to work together uh, at the state of Michigan as foster care specialists. And I mean, we, we have shared many of story. Yes. Uh, we've had a lot of fun. I told her, I said, particularly talking tonight about what we're talking about, I said, I've gotten a little more fluffy, you know, uh, <laughs> since we since we last saw each other. Um, but uh, tonight we are talking about helping you to accomplish your fitness goals, helping you to accomplish your weight loss goals, and then even living a healthier life. Repeat after me and put it in the comments. Everybody say, get planted. Get all right. See, that was awesome. All right. Well, let me tell you about Lisa. So Lisa is a serial entrepreneur, health and wellness subject matter expert, a nutritionist and professional speaker. She's a certified personal trainer and behavior change specialist through the National Academy of Sports Medicine and holds a bachelor's degree in psychology and master's in business administration. And she's my friend. So, yeah, all of you all that are experiencing all of this great wealth that she's kicking out there. I tell Lisa, and we were just were talking about it. I remember when we talked of these days of entrepreneurship yeah. and her getting out here and different things. And then, Lisa, you went lived internationally for a while. I did. Yeah. I did. I did, Dre. And it was quite amazing. And you know, the only reason I left the job that we were working together is because they wouldn't give me unpaid lead off, leave off. And so I was only trying to take a leave of absence and come back. But the way Destiny had it set up for me, it was like not to return at all. And so I moved abroad and came back and um, moved abroad again. Right. You know, so from Italy to China. And I've been doing my own thing ever since. Yeah, I, Trust me, I've, I've been following your journey. Yeah. And so, you know, it kind of corresponds with my book, The Drawing Board. So you had some drawing board moments where you just decided, hey, listen, I'm going to create the future that I desire. Absolutely. And so, Absolutely. so then it led you to starting two companies. Absolutely. So um, in 2015, I started my first company, Professionally Fit, a health and wellness coaching company. And since then, it's evolved actually to cater more to organizational wellness and to bring wellness into places that we typically don't put wellness in the forefront. So we're looking at schools, we're looking at um, organizations, we're looking at spiritual homes, like how can we incorporate health into their strategic plan for the future, right? Um, oftentimes we're talking financial health in those situations, we're talking about academia, we're talking about social media management, um, we're talking about how to bring more people in the door, with whatever their initiative may be, but we're not instituting enough health and wellness conversation. And so professionally is all about understanding that your physical and cognitive health directly impacts the bottom line of the organization um, and of your mission in the organization. So if people are not operating at their best, if they're not drinking water, if they're not eating right, if they're dealing with chronic disease, there's no way they're bringing their optimal performance to the table. Right. And you know what I'm thinking about is uh, some of the work that we used to do, all of that stress, 
And so let's break it down for the lay people like me. Yes. Uh, when we talk about health and wellness, can yes. you like give us some definitions surrounding that? So health and wellness, what what is that? Right. So health and wellness is essentially the practice of intentionality. Right. So that's number one. And what I like to say is that the absence of disease is not the presence of health. I, you so, saw. I, yeah, I put that quote. I, yeah. You know that's let, let me does. tell you, I saw that. <laughs> hey, listen, you got to make the serious face when you say it, though. Okay. So. All right. Hold on. Because the absence of disease is not the presence of health. How Boom, do, how mic drop right how there. That was, that was okay. good. That was good right there. So, yes. So, so that's what health and wellness is. It's about intentionally practicing something every day that's lending to the quality of your life, the length of your life, right? And also making sure we're not... Um, inadvertently burdening our family members with with our health because we're not taking care of ourselves now, right? Absolutely. So it's all about, you know, and then it, it encompasses obviously not just the physical. It encompasses the spiritual. It encompasses the mental, the emotional. All of those things play a significant role in our health and wellness. So it, it is 2019 is definitely the time to take it serious, get your feet planted and put it at the top of your priority list no matter what season you're in in your life. So. Let's say a person like me, like my my mind is definitely healthy, right? Yes. So, but my taste buds are, are my taste buds are they are not. So, Lisa used to make this dish, and it was it was just for me. I used to request it. It was the spinach spinach artichoke dip, yes. and she's an amazing cook. Thank you. Amazing cook, Thank and you. I. I was like, oh, man, listen, when she would make that spinach artichoke dip, I wanted to probably eat it in like the most unhealthy way. But it was it was delicious. So um, when we think about so you said organizational health, yes. you said like your your mental health, yes. your spiritual well-being. Yes. So how do you broach that conversation uh, with someone who I'm walking into your door right now and I say, listen, over the last four, six years, yes. I just had this conversation with my doctor about two months ago. Okay. He looked at me. He said, over the last six years, sir, uh, you've gained about 40 pounds. Ooh. And and I looked at him. He said, do I? I said, you don't. You know, it was kind of <laughs> those nonverbals exchanging. <laughs> and, and I said, yep, I've gained this weight. He said, but I can look at you and tell that you know what to do. Yeah. And at this point, I'm like, man. I realized that my unhealthy habits mm-hmm. have also impacted my family. No doubt. Because my, my children are, they're eating the same things that I'm eating. Mm-hmm. And I did, I had a traditional mindset of like, oh yeah, man, those, the greens and things like that, other than, you know, us over seasoning them and cooking them in a way, yeah. you know, yeah. that, that's traditionally African American, yeah. you know? Yeah, absolutely. So like, help me break it down. How do I begin to, um, build my, I guess my plant-based mm-hmm. life, yeah. uh, but I want to be able to do it gradually so I don't shock myself. Absolutely. So anytime I'm giving a lecture or coaching, the top three places to begin okay. are going to be water, unprocess your diet, and reduce and, and get rid of your addictions. So before we even talk about whether or not you should eat meat or dairy, okay. the first thing that everyone needs to do, no matter what title or diet they subscribe to, is to drink your the your half your body weight in ounces of water per day, non-negotiable. Okay. Start there. You're more than likely chronically dehydrated. Right. Number two, unprocess your diet. So that means that we want your entire diet to be label free. 
Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. Right. So get out of those drive throughs Get out of the takeout places. You can still eat out, but you want to eat out at restaurants that are cooking things from scratch. Right. We don't want the process previously frozen to preserve the color, the sweetened. Right. So you don't want anything that you consume to have a shelf life because real food rots. So the first thing we absolutely need to do is unprocess our diet because we're getting a lot of additives in our diet that are inadvertently impacting your mental health more than you know, impacting your cognitive ability. Right. We are getting all this excess MSG and colorants in our diet that are murdering our brain cells. Right. And so we don't have the recall. We don't have the ability to concentrate. We are not sleeping properly. Um, We don't have the creativity. You think you have a writer's block, but you just don't drink water or eat plants. So you don't. Wow. Wait wait a minute. Wait a minute. Take it back. Okay. So you say you think you have a writer's block. That's right. But you really got j- mucus and fog on the brain. Oh, wow. So you, when you say I'm, I'm mentally sound, are you really? Do you know how sharp you can be mm. if you really put things in your body that are conducive to cognitive health? Does that make sense? It makes great sense. Yeah. So the get the water in first and foremost. If you're dealing with caffeine and sugar every morning, then you're starting your day inflamed and dehydrated. Coffee and tea, caffeine is a diuretic. So you're not drinking the amount of water you're supposed to drink every day and then you're topping it off with um something that absorbs water out of your body. Right. Because for every eight ounces of coffee or caffeine that you consume, it consumes 16 ounces of water out of your body. Then you're also not meeting your daily water quota. So start with the water. Now we were we're alkalizing our body uh, with the water. Now we need to alkalize our plate. Right. And so that's when we start getting into unprocessing. You eat from I don't care if you're even still eating meat. Make sure you're unprocessed first. Don't try and jump over to the no meat, no dairy and no nothing. And you're still eating packaged food and you're still eating things from you can't go to White Castles and get there beyond vegetarian burger and think you're doing something. Right. That's processed junk, just like the meat next to it. Wow. So it's really about unprocessing your diet and being quite intentional about the plants you consume every day. So now we have the water. We've unprocessed our diet. Now we have to address your addictions to SOS, salt, oil, and sugar. Because even if you're quote-unquote vegan or vegetarian, most people are still dealing with addictions to salt, oil, or sugar. So that's what we need to address next. Because as long as something has a hold on you, you're giving your power away to it. So when we say things like, I have to have my coffee, I can't live without my cheese, I must have my chocolate in the middle of the day or that time of the month, that's you verbally giving your power away to that food. You have to take your power back from these addictive substances. So that's where I would say you begin. And then we can start talking about, okay, let's move away some of the animal products, the things that cause acidity, the number one cause of heart disease, type 2 diabetes, and all those things, right? But those are the first places I would start. Does that sound doable? It it definitely sounds doable. I I was over here feeling convicted, like, oh, (laughs) I said she was talking about the sugars and so, you know, and... I, all of the the soda that I was drinking, so yeah, right. Oh I my know. god! Okay, I know. update me on your Pepsi habit. It is it, getting better. Right, it's getting better. Oh my goodness, it's getting better. So I still remember. So your yes, Pepsi. I w- listen, listen. <laughs> my name is Andre Ebron. Uh, I used to have a problem with drinking Pepsi. Come on, uh, now. it it was so bad, and it got really bad. Right. Because here's the thing. So this is what I would this is what I would blame it on. So I'll say my excuses so you can get rid of your excuses. So in our job, mm-hmm. you know, and then I started working 
uh, like for school systems. So my day stayed pretty busy. Right. And so I was like, well, and this is, you know, I'm going to uh, intellectualize my habit, okay. right? Do it my then. addiction. I said, oh, you yeah. know what? Uh, I don't really have the time in the day to stop and eat something. Okay. I said, so I'm just going to consume my calories, mm. you know, in uh, the liquid. form. And, yeah. yeah, through liquid. I said, yeah. I'm going to, you know, these, uh, when I drink a Pepsi, you know, I, I and I drink another one, I feel pretty full. <laughs> it carries me, you know, I, then I stop. So this is how I intellectualize oh, yes. Oh, yes. the habit. Yes. And listen, and this is what you will do. And you're, you're laughing right now because you're doing the same thing. But then I, I thought about, I said, I have to do better. Yes. And they are so bad that when I was uh, working at a school, guess what they got me for my birthday? Pepsi. A pack, a six pack of Pepsi. I said, oh, this is this is horrible. Yes. And then I looked at over years, uh, people who had known me. Mm-hmm. One of the things that they remembered <laughs> was that I drank Pepsi. The only thing that will make me feel slightly better about this is please tell me you've at least invested in Pepsi stock. <laughs> you know, uh, well, the way my bank account is set up. No, I'm good. <laughs> No, but I did. I was just talking on on the show before. It was just myself. I was talking about how I made a decision for 2019, uh, considering seeing my father-in-law battle with type 2 diabetes. Mm. I said, you know what? And I talked about not making sure I didn't burden my family and other, you know, taking responsibility. And you may not even be considering that that's what it is. And some people even have like an earnest expectation that no matter how they live, they expect their family to kick in. And that's unfair. I agree. Yeah. So. Um, the fact that you said, you know, the first thing I need to do is increase my water intake. Period. That's it. Then I I need to unprocess. Is that what it is? Unprocess it. my diet. That's right. And then lastly, the last one you told me. Face those addictions. Face the addiction. So and listen. For you, it's probably the sugar. It is the sugar. Yeah. And when I go now, I know this is for my faith community that's out there. I'm getting ready to call you out. I'm putting myself up there first. Call them out, Dre. So listen, I know half of you all are on the 21-day Daniel Fast right now. I know you are. Yeah. No meats, no sweets. Yeah. I, I, I know. <laughs> I know right now. I know it. Put put that candy part down, all right? And so we go through this fast, and, you know, it's for spiritual reasons, um, but the body feels amazing. You wake up. You don't feel lethargic you're going about your day you have energy and everybody during the fast i don't care if you go to my church or someone else's church or however you fast this is the conversation oh man i feel great i feel excellent how are you man we're feeling great after those first two or three days when the body's detoxing and all that yes look and then when those 21 days are over on the 22nd day oh the 20 look no 20 listen 1201 (laughs) 22nd day they're staying awake trouble to eat the biggest piece of cake or fried chicken or and yes i've been guilty of that yes okay as have i yes but this year uh because what i'm looking for and really my priorities have shifted i'm looking for qualitative living through my health yeah and uh, you have to get serious about that. So when you talk about those three things, that's doable, right? That's doable. All right. Repeat after me. Say, get planted. Get planted. Absolutely. Yes, because need... we can't detox to retox. Oh, wait a minute. Bars. That's a tweetable. Hashtag tweet it out right now. <laughs> you cannot detox to retox. What's the point? All right, let's so go. How are you going to clog back up your body and your spirit with the nonsense? After 21 days of cleansing. Absolutely. I, I just don't understand it. Like, well, you should have spent those 21 days not just 
waiting on the 22nd day to reindulge, but actually educating yourself on what these things are doing in your body. So that way at on the 22nd day, you'll be you'll be a little more motivated, like learn literally what sugar does. Because most people just like it, it, my waistline, it's my belly, it's my hips. Right. When I tell you that's the least of your concerns when it comes to that sugar, wow. that's the least of your concerns. So take a minute to come to one of my free nutrition classes or, you know, make sure you tuned in to uh, guests and people that you bring on that are talking about these things. Follow them. Listen to the rhetoric. Um, go to YouTube and research and know that what these things are putting in your body is not just poisoning you, you, you know, physically and mentally, but it's also poisoning you spiritually is uh, it's k- keeping your resolve down It's keeping your discipline down because the more you give in to your weaknesses, the more you do it in every other area of your life. Usually when we're not sound in our health, we're not sound in our finances, our relationships, the characteristics that it takes to be strong and to succeed in health spills over into everything, as I'm sure you know. Absolutely. So all areas are impacted when you do what you're supposed to do, whether it be spiritually, physically, health-wise, financially, relationally, emotionally, psychologically, intellectually. It's all impacted. So you can't separate this and say, well, at least I'm doing all these other things or everybody has to have a vice or I'm going to die of something. Shut it down. Those Shut are all things that down. addicts say. You're an addict and you're making excuses for your addictions. Shut it down. That's right. So, Lisa, when you talk about like garnering the education necessary in order to live this qualitative life. Yes. Uh, it brings me to like the Black Health Academy. Mm-hmm. So talk to me about your other business, the right. Black Health Academy. So my second company, the Black Health Academy, um, it's been just over a year now. And I started the Black Health Acad- Academy because people were coming to Professionally Fit for coaching and they couldn't afford us. And I was turning away people that needed it the most. Mm. So although at Professionally Fit, we offer a scholarship every quarter. So we help about eight people a year. Okay. Um, we take them through our programs 100% for free on us. And we don't slack on the programming. We treat them just like a paying client. So although that's my service at Professionally Fit, the Black Health Academy uh, was built for individuals who couldn't afford a coach but needed access to credible information and subject matter experts. So the Black Health Academy is an online platform. It's an on-demand platform. And we have four schools inside the academy. We have the master school where I teach master classes about stuff like type 2 diabetes, obesity. We have a fire one coming up this month about fibroids. Um, and then we have sci-fi, which is psychological fitness. So we address okay. the mental health piece. We have Plank You, which are on-demand workouts, and Plant You, which is the nutrition. So four schools inside the academy. New content is uploaded every Wednesday and there's two membership tiers platinum which is a hundred percent free all right and the black tier which is thirty nine dollars a month and so with the um, black tier so wait let's pause for a second yes, so yes. you're telling me for forty dollars a month thirty nine thirty nine thirty nine yeah don't yeah. take that extra dollar okay <laughs> for thirty nine dollars a month yes I get access to these four schools a- and more yes and absolutely. more Absolutely. Fresh new content. Fresh new content. Every Wednesday. Every single week, Dre. Um, and I'm working with some partnerships with some local people in Michigan. We So Black Health Academy members will get discounts to upcoming events. Um, you also have the opportunity to sell your products and services. So if you want to sell your book inside the academy, you could. And you also have the opportunity, if you're a Black tier member, to teach a master class inside the academy. I have an application process where you apply. We do an interview. You know, we make sure we vet you, make sure you are expert in what you say you're expert in and you can come in and teach a master class inside the black health academy if you're a black tier member so the benefits of membership i'm getting discounts for upcoming events yes 
Uh, if I have a product or service that I'm selling once I'm vetted, yes. and you know, hopefully, if you have a product or service out there that you are as long selling, as you're to people, a legitimate business that you are and legitimate, not a hustler. Yes, absolutely. We so, get to see yeah, all we this. don't. <laughs> yeah, we 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 don't hustle. We enterprise. That's right. Okay, you got it. And so, long as I have those things, those are some extreme benefits to membership. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but the the best the best benefit is all the health content and all the masterclasses that we create to make sure that African Americans are well versed when they're going in talking to their doctors, their healthcare providers. You should be co creating your health plan with your doctor. They shouldn't just be assigning you medications and telling you what to do, and you not being educated enough to ask the right questions or being intimidated, right? Because only five percent of U.S. physicians are black, so most of us are being serviced by people who don't look like us, sound like us, and who are unfamiliar with our culture. Um, and so when a lot of our, you know, these doctors see us day in and day out, and the majority of us see have hypertension or obesity, they uh, attribute everything we're going through to that. Right. And so we're being misdiagnosed. We're uh, our pain management is lessened. Right. And so there's all these biases about us. So we have to make sure we have a hub that we can come to to get service. And that is the Black Health Academy. And we're taking it nationwide. We have people. Uh, we have someone all the way in Japan that's in the academy. Oh, like, wow. I'm so excited about um, how far we're reaching with this thing. Um, and so I plan to we just got an email the other day about somebody asking where we're going to have any events in the New York, New Jersey area. So I'm really excited about building the Black Health Academy um, to an international conglomerate. Well, listen, congratulations Thank to you. that. I, I'm super excited about all of the things that I'm hearing uh, because, I mean, to, and I've saw, I've I've got a chance to see uh, your personal transformation. Thank so you. you have that personal testimony. Yes. Um, and you're like uh, the, the walking, living, you know, of professionally fit yes. and the Black Health Academy. So it's yes. proof positive that what you're saying, you applied it in your life first. Absolutely. And you're seeing the fruit of that. Absolutely. And then those that, that I, oh, I'm seeing. I saw you uh, just the other day. You went to a client's house and she was asking what was she going to, going to eat. Yep. And you whipped up something. I said, oh, man, that looks delicious. Yeah, I we cook with clients at Professionally Fit. Um, I have a 14-week course, digital course, that we take them through to help to make the transition. I will go grocery shopping with clients. We offer personal training at Professionally Fit. And then I do a ton of speaking. So um, any way you need to come get this health, you come get this health. Right. right? And I offer two free uh, nutrition classes each month. The Black Health Academy has a free nutrition class every first Saturday. And then I'm the head of the Plant-Based Nutrition Support Group for Detroit. Detroit. So with PBNSG, we have a new a nutrition class every fourth Wednesday. So and then I have a, a, a biweekly podcast as well. So there's a ton of ways to get the content before you may be financially ready to invest. So, Lisa, since we're talking about ways to get in touch with you, uh, let's put that out there now. Mm-hmm. How can how can uh, the drawing board nation get in touch with Lisa A. Smith? Well, the hub of everything I do would be at LisaAngelSmith.com. So that'd be the easiest way. www.LisaAngelSmith.com. You can see all my speaking engagements, um, get linked to Professionally Fit, the Black Health Academy. You can book me to speak on there. Um, you can also, I have a recipe book coming out this month, 50 plant-based recipes for our plant-based foodies. All right. Super excited about my recipe book coming out. That's, that It seems to be getting like high demand. People are like, how can I pre-buy? I'm like, whoa, this is it. So that's I'm, I'm in. Like, yes. I'm in. We got to start cooking this food, y'all. So um, recipe book coming out this month. So And then um, all my speaking engagements, class. I'll be teaching everything. So LisaAngelSmith.com is the easiest way. And from Lisa Angel Smith on Facebook and Instagram. Okay, great. So I see you have some things coming up here. I see on uh, you have fuel. 
uh, Eat Right. That's coming up. Yep, out in Livonia, Michigan. Out in Livonia. Yep. Absolutely. People can go to your website, yes. uh, Lisa Angel Smith, to register there. Yes. Oh, I, I was laughing at this title, but I see I'm looking at the serious faces of those <laughs> who will be speaking. It says, Not Your Mama's Vision Board Party. <laughs> <Yes>. All right. <laughs> So, yeah, it, it is a personal revolution, real healer, real story. This, this yeah. Sunday, absolutely. January 20th. Yes. And then I uh, I see you have with P, PBNSG. Yeah, Plant-Based Nutrition Support Group. Right, on every, the 23rd. Every fourth Wednesday, yes. Every fourth Wednesday. Yes. And then, of course, with, with the Black Health Academy yep. uh, on the 2nd of February. Every first Saturday. Every first Saturday. Get Planet, yes. All right. Um, then what's this? The uh, old, the Naturalista Life Expo. At Kobo. I'll be there um, in March. I spoke at the Kobo at, at the Expo last year in March. I'll be back on the stage this year in March. We're also having, she's also having a Naturalista um, in Jamaica that I'll be speaking at this year. Um, and then I'll also be speaking at Wineness Academy. So if you have schools uh, and your your kid goes to Wineness Academy in, in Michigan, I'll be doing a parent and professional development for the staff there. So, and then I have a couple things. I'll be speaking at the Veg uh, Week, at U of M's Veg Week in March, and I'll also be speaking at V313, the Veg Fest in Detroit uh, this year as well. So a lot of stuff coming up. A lot of great things coming yeah. up. And so uh, in our in our closing, because I feel challenged and I feel excited and motivated, yeah. Um, and what I love about it is you have content there to support the journey. Absolutely. So uh, I'm writing a new book. It's called The Journey Matters. Okay. And so it is literally helping people explain that they have to infuse quality in their daily affairs, Ooh. in their life. And I'm going to walk people through. Listen, can, I, can I give some of the, the chapter titles? Please. Listen, so it's going to be a 12-chapter book. Okay. The first chapter is going to be called The Shadow of Potential. Mm. The second chapter is the tour. The third chapter is strong enough. Mm. The fourth chapter is I can, you know what can't give don't you even, can't, don't, can't give you, you anymore. Enough, but let me tell you, <laughs> one book I need you to go out and get right now. Uh, can we pre-order? We will pre-order be available in about next forty-eight hours. Okay, so in forty-eight hours, yes. I need the drawing board nation yes. to shut it down. I'm already down for two of them because I know when I'm cooking and my wife is cooking, I, we, you know, we can't share the same book. We love each other. We share a lot. But when it comes down to these books, she knows how I am about my books. All right. So everybody has their thing. Don't judge me. I felt some judgment coming through the camera. Push it back, I felt back. it. Reject I felt it. it. I, oh, reject, reject it. it. You know, let me put my water in front of it. I'm going to alkalize this experience. No. <laughs> But uh, I do want to uh, let's give me the name of the book again. The plant based foodie. The plant based foodie. Yes. And you can go to Lisa Angel Smith dot com. Lisa Angel Smith dot com. Uh, and please, whatever you do, um, do something in your health this year that matters and stick to it. Pick one thing and make it a non-negotiable. That's the challenge I want to submit to the drawing board nation. Pick one thing and make it a non-negotiable. On that 22nd day and beyond, I, what, is it going to be eating vegetables every day? Is it going to be movement? Is it going to be e evicting negative thoughts and ideologies? Is it going to be that water? Is it going to be getting off medications? Pick one thing, make it a non-negotiable. Awesome. I, I want to do, and now this is in some way lightweight joking, but in another way I'm being serious. I would love to see you do a faith-based component talking about uh, the 22nd day. Mm. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, the twenty second yeah. day because yeah. or like what what the what 
you know, what we're notorious for is we'll go on the 40 day fast oh, as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So everybody's going for Lent. Day. Yeah, yeah, that 41st, the 22nd and, and the, the 41st 41. day. <laughs> so listen, yeah. I am here with Lisa A. Smith, a serial entrepreneur, plant based expert teaching you all yes. how to live a qualitative life yes. based upon changing these things mentally, emotionally, spiritually, yes. all about how we are, what we're consuming and putting in our body. That's it. I tell people like this, if you wouldn't allow someone to dump a bag of garbage on your front porch, mm-hmm. and this is this is to me, I have to think in this literal terms, why would I allow myself to put garbage in my body makes too much sense makes too much sense yeah. so this is andre ebron drawing board nation go out and support and make sure like i always tell you your future is not behind you it is not before you it is within you i am andre ebron the drawing board podcast host god bless you